Alabama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Oh, uh, I'm great. Playing with the uh, camera here. Playing with the camera. Okay, this is Monday morning. Our, our times are going to be a little screwed up here because, again, I'm still out in Steamboat Springs skiing badly, by the way. I'm, I'm really bad at this. Like yesterday, I did it, and I do a lot of the pizza work. I don't know if I said that yesterday, but you know, because I start getting going fast and I can't, my body just doesn't move the way skiers bodies move. And, um, I mean, but it, you know, I'm not going to let it stop me. I didn't let it stop me with sex. I'm bad at that. And I just kept going and I don't care what other people think. And I, eventually <laughs> I just get in the way. So, um, yeah, i it's not a super amount of fun for me, but I'm going to keep trying it. And I'm actually taking a lesson tomorrow morning. So uh, that will be interesting. Uh, clear this up. Uh, a sex lesson? <laughs> I would love, you know, my, my uncle used to have a hat when my parents had a condo and with my uncle at, um, at in Destin a long time ago. Like they had this badass condo. I mean, like this, it was a penthouse at Destin Commons. It was awesome. I loved it. And then like when they owned the foundry. And then, like, the foundry took a turn for the worse. Like, that was one of the first things they sold. And, you know, things, everything's fine, obviously. But um, it was just a kind of economy, the way the economy was in. And, um, well, my uncle had a hat that he wore at the beach that said, sex instructor, first lesson free. And I always thought that was the coolest hat. Um, <laughs> but he, <laughs> cool. I, don't know. I don't know if cool's the right word. It's something. Well, it's something. Yeah. I think if you wore it now, the uh, the the woke brigade would probably be like, okay, that is completely offensive. But back then, everybody was kind of like, it's funny, but he might be serious. <laughs> hey, if it worked, if, if if that worked one time in his yeah. seventy four yeah. years, that's it's good. Uh, that's good enough. I mean, if you, he beat the odds if it worked yeah. even once. He definitely beat, he beat the odds if it worked just one time. Usually bumper stickers that turn into hats don't work very well. Um, as you can see, I'm uh, I'm pretty scruffy. I've got – Jimmy, this is, is no BS. I, before we got on, you said you could do this in five minutes because I know I'm going to go out on the slopes and attempt to do this again. So I didn't know if we'd be able to record unless I did it right now. Um, I just went and wet a towel and did my whole my – whole, hair was going bananas so um i'm hoping it's all right i'm scruffy because i think that's what people do when they ski i've every picture i've ever seen every man is kind of scruffy this is four days worth that's that's how pitiful my beards are um and i'll tell you what's even worse is all the hair on my right side grows faster than all the hair on my left side from my head down to my toes like my my facial hair on my right side is much thicker than my facial hair, though pitiful on the right side still. It's much thicker than that on my left side. I, I don't know if the, I was dropped on my head, you know, as a child, I, whatever, it doesn't matter. I Jim, just Googled, uh, you have a uh, beard cancer. <laughs> and, and you know, the, the only prescription is more beer for the woman you're trying to attract, I think. <laughs> um, but Jimmy, 
Alabama got him up a new offensive line coach yesterday. That was quick. Yeah. They didn't screw around. Well, I mean, I think it, depending on what the timing of, of, of when it was certain that Marone will be moving on and, you know, as crazy as it sounds, like that, that could have been something that was determined when they hired Doug Marone last year. I mean, I think in retrospect, it, it was just kind of always a one-year thing with Marone and probably Bill O'Brien as well. Um, you know, uh, so I, I'm none of this surprised me. I know some people had a reaction of, wait, I missed, I missed Marone leaving. Uh, how did I miss? Well, you know, Alabama doesn't really announce these things. I mean, when have they ever announced these things? Uh, I, there will be an announcement at some point about, hey, this is the staff for 2022. And, and yeah, it does appear that uh, Eric Wolford will be on that staff. He was the uh, Kentucky offensive line coach uh, last season. Uh, I, I'll, if, if you, this is how impressed I am with the work he did. Luke, if you just said, um, hey, Jimmy, uh, when Marone leaves, we can have one offensive line coach, but he has to be from the SEC. Who do you want? Uh, my first answer would have been Kentucky. That would have been my first answer. I mean, based on what they accomplish on their offensive line and what they have to work with, Chris Rodriguez uh, was, was a dynamic back this year. I, I don't know if he led the league in rushing, either him or Tyler Batty did. And, and, and but Rodriguez was fantastic. Then doing a little research, I found that you know this guy was at South Carolina when Kevin Harris led the SEC in rushing. So he he's gotten an offensive line that's led the comp that's had a dynamic back rush for a lot of yards on offenses that weren't great. Which means hey, the running back was the show, and and they still got a lot of yards. So I think the run the damn ball crowd at Alabama, uh, they should be thrilled about this in particular. I think the question will be, well, Alabama's offense doesn't look quite like Kentucky's, doesn't look quite like South Carolina's. Will he be able to adjust to the tempo uh, and the spread stuff that we want to do while we still have Bryce Young? Yeah, okay. Adjusting to the tempo is something not to be worried about, but at least a, um, a question that can be asked legitimately. But my, my retort would be, yeah, but at Kentucky, he also didn't have a quarterback anywhere in the stratosphere uh, of Bryce Young. He didn't have the the receivers to help uh, bail out. And and I, and I say this because you go back to uh, this past year's offensive line, and it seemed like the offense, or at least in the in the minds of a lot of the fans, the offense was a huge success despite the offensive line more often than not. So. Now we've got a guy that we feel like is going to be a better offensive line coach. He proved he was a good offensive line coach at, at two stops that you mentioned uh, in this league, which I think is also important. And really, um, my first thought, because I'm not an X's nose guy, was, okay, Kentucky did just get – was it is it Kenyatta Goodwin, I think? or Yeah. Yes. The five-star yeah. offensive line. Some people thought maybe the best offensive lineman in this class. And um, he wasn't even in – wasn't even from Kentucky. So, I mean, yes, he's from a neighboring state, but Kentucky was able to get him to commit to them. And I think that that says a lot. So I'm, I'm really happy with this hire. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, uh, and, and uh, I'm not taking any shots at Marone. I, I think a lot of the insults about Marone were a little misguided. I, I think we're just not used to, in the Saban era, having an offensive line that isn't made up of five NFL guys, uh, and they weren't last year. I'm going to do a study really soon. I can't wait to find the results myself, but 
hopefully next week, once we get away from signing day, I'm going to study every offensive line under Saban, every one of them. And how many NFL players do we normally have? How many all-conference players do we normally have? And, and make that comparison to what we had last year. And I think what we're going to find is it was just our least talented group up front. And, and, and most of our fans blamed it on the coaching. And, and, but I, I think we're going to find that Marone didn't quite have the personnel uh, that some of the other groups did. And, and Doug Marone, one of the reasons he's leaving is the tremendous interest in him. Uh, it, it's crazy to me that Alabama fans can think a guy's not a very good coach when basically 20 NFL teams are like, we'll take him, you know. So um, now I do wonder this, uh, the knock could be this, and we might be solving it with this hire. Maybe Doug had been in the NFL for so long, dealing with pro athletes for so long, dealing with adult pro mature athletes, that maybe it had been a while since he's coached kids, um, since he had to teach them very basic fundamentals in the NFL. You know, you don't go, okay, guys, this is how you get in the stance. I mean, they know they, they're supposed to know all that by then. Uh, I, I wonder if maybe if I'm going to take a shot at Doug, it would be, you know, maybe he struggled getting back to his roots, getting back to coaching kids uh, as opposed to the, the pro athletes he's been coaching for over a decade. All right. I started screwing with my hair, which was very stupid. <laughs> like I've got these. A tremendous improvement. Tremendous like curls coming up, and um, I got a very strong. I got a great. I got a great head of hair for me because um, my dad's bald or going bald. I got the cul-de-sac, George Jefferson kind of thing, and um, and so. I, but you get your hair from your mom's side, I think. So, uh, I'm I'm proud of my hair, but uh, at the same time, in the morning when it's real strawy like this, it can be. It it really is like it's like it's looking around, going like, what's going on out there? Um, let me tell everybody about this next sponsor that I can't remember. Oh, here it is. Uh, betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is where you want to go. One. Yeah, they are a good one. Betonline.ag is where you want to go to get that bet in. Look, if you've been betting on the NFL, you've been on the edge of your seat, and you've been watching the whole game, and you could have been betting very interestingly on uh, live bets, meaning they'll have spreads within the game. It'll be like, okay, Cincinnati's down 8, 21 to 3. Well, you can get Cincinnati plus 11 and a half right now if, you know, and see how that goes. So you can just bet all throughout the game. That's what makes it a lot of fun. They're going to have all kinds of prop bets. On the Super Bowl, there's no doubt about that. At betonline.eg, use promo code Locked On, get a 50% welcome bonus. You'll have a ton of fun betting on betonline.ag. And, you know, with COVID and stuff, you might not have a Super Bowl party. So you might just have a party of one, uh, betting on your computer and that's, I mean, make it fun, make it interesting, get you some nachos and some pork rinds and things like that and just bet. So that'll be fun. Betonline.ag is where you want to go to get that bet in because it's the best place to bet on anything, including poker, blackjack, whatever you want to do, you can do it at betonline.ag. Also want to welcome back a sponsor that hadn't been here for a little bit, Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, is now impossible for you, for your local chain, I should say, your local chain auto parts store, to stock all the parts you need. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? You know, is your Honda Odyssey an LX or an EX? You don't know. I don't know. None of us know. He didn't know. And why, why would you want to wait for the person behind the counter who orders these parts in their computer? Because you know they're slow. You know they don't care. Choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? Go, go to Rock Auto. Get the brand you want. 
you have computers, you have access to rockauto.com at home. And it's in your pocket too if you use your phone. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 to 50 to 100% more on the same parts from a chain store car dealership? Example, look, let's go back to that Honda Odyssey. The fuel pump is $353 from the chain store, $216 from Rock Auto. I mean, that's like saving you $130 right off the top. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. If you need new carpet, man, go for it. Right locked on in the how'd you hear about us box so they know that uh, Locked On Bama sent you. Right locked on. That's all you could do is write locked on box to know that you were sent to Luke and Jimmy. Your auto part experts, them, not us. Um, <clears throat> I don't know why I did this. <laughs> I don't know what that does. Um, Jimmy. How about Mac Jones making the Pro Bowl? Mac Jones, out of nowhere, seemingly out of nowhere, a Cinderella story, um, he makes the Pro Bowl. And I think that's wonderful for him. He gets to go to Las Vegas. That's where they're going to have it this year, right? That's right. It is in Las Vegas. Uh, they have to redo it every year because they can't uh, figure out how to get better ratings uh, in that game. And I, I know very little about it because I haven't watched the Pro Bowl in 20-plus years and won't watch this year even with Mac in it. Uh, I think it's incredible – that Mac made the Pro Bowl, uh, particularly. I mean, what, what I go back to when I hear that, Luke, is all the draft talk, all the the conversation between all the gurus about uh, you know where Mac would go in, in relation to the others, you know, uh, that, that were being drafted, and, and and the fact that he not only proved to be the best of the rookie quarterback, making the Pro Bowl in his rookie season, uh, sharing a, a QB room with Jalen and Tua to to, to this. Uh, just one of the great stories and one of these days uh, in the silly season loop, let's come up with this uh, best movie. Uh, if you're going to make a movie about an Alabama football player in the Saban era, what would be the best movie? And, uh, and Mac Jones is uh, one hell of a contender. He's a contender. And this is, this may sound so weird that you said and like I'm making it up, but we do, first of all, we don't talk before this happens because I feel like that would take away the authenticity of this and the, and it's authentically terrible sometimes. But I mean, I think that's part of being real. We're real, Jimmy. Um, but I swear this morning. No one would here, believe this shit. Is, no one would believe this shit is CGI. I swear um, that uh, this morning. So like when I'm out here at Steamboat Springs, you know, I wake up at five every morning in Alabama. So when I'm out here, I wake up at four every morning. Like my body just doesn't get adjusted to anything. So I woke up at four and I was just laying there in bed because my wife and daughter, we have, we're in a room with two different beds. And so we have to break it up and my wife and daughter in another bed. So I'm just laying there trying to think of things to think about. And for whatever reason, I started thinking about, you know, man, who, who has a better story than Devonte Smith? Um, he catches the game winning national championship pass in his, uh, rookie season and his freshman season. And then to end it, he bookends it with, at the time, was the most receiving yards of any bowl game. Now, I think that uh, in Jockma Smith guy from Ohio State broke it this year or whatever, but right. it it's pretty incredible and a national championship to boot. So he bookends his career with national championships and having, and if he hadn't gotten hurt right after halftime, he would have blown away every record you could possibly blow away. So oh, yeah. it's, 
I mean, and everything in between he did too. I mean, the big catch against LSU with the one-handed thing, um, you know, he just had so many, the five touchdowns against Ole Miss, he, he had so many moments that I would, I would have argued before you said Mac Jones, like I was thinking that'd be a cool like 30 for 30. And now I'm wondering, hey, maybe Mac Jones is a little bit better because Mac Jones, even though he didn't win the Heisman, even though people don't think of him first when you think of Alabama winning that national championship necessarily, the fact that he makes the Pro Bowl and did Waddle didn't make it, did he? I know Waddle got his jersey put in the Hall of Fame for breaking the rookie receiving record, but he didn't make the Pro Bowl. No, if uh, I don't I don't believe Waddle's in the Pro Bowl. Najee Harris is in the Pro Bowl. Right. Yeah made it uh i don't know if it's an alternate or however that works but right. it, it really doesn't matter it just matters are you in the pro bowl and the answer for mac and naji is uh yeah we are interesting i mean i just i think you those are the two guys that i would probably i guess julio would be thrown in there as like the first guy to really be a saving bot um you could probably put reuben foster in there if you wanted to have some fun <laughs> if well, you wanted, I know to, my you wanted I mean, it to be a buddy movie We'll we'll wait to the silly season to maybe go over a top ten. But no, my answer for best movie, although I don't know that you can make it because no one would believe it. But uh, I think the best answer is Levi Wallace, who oh, not cool. not only was a walk on uh, and then undrafted and has had this career in the NFL and an All Star at Alabama. But I mean the fact the fact that I'll never get past is he was a student at Alabama for an entire fall and not even on the football team. He didn't even try to make the football team until after his quote true freshman season. Uh, he watched, I think it was, he watched the kick six in his apartment and, and was like, "Yeah, I guess I'll try to walk on the team next next spring," and, and is now in the National Football League. Uh, and, and then throwing in the unfortunate, you know, story of his father passing away and doing all this as a tribute to his father. Uh, yeah, I, I just I, I don't know if they can make the movie because no one would believe it. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, here's the one drawback to doing this video-wise. I've been like, I've, <laughs> I've been sneakily trying to scrape something off of the screen because I thought it was on my computer screen, and I think it's like the bottom of your little thing that you do on your blinds, it, like right behind you, like right behind you. Do you see where I'm pointing? Like right behind your head? No, other way, other way, other way. Now, yes, it's definitely that thing. And I thought it was a dot on my screen, and I've been trying to stealthily scrape that away this entire time. And then I was like, "Oh, that's not even on my screen." Okay, that makes me. Yeah, this is the old. This is the old law office where I used to dispense justice, but now I talk football in it. <laughs> All right, let's let's take another break. Uh, when we come back, we'll wrap the show up. All right, Jimmy. There were some other. Um, a little bit of recruiting news. Uh, I know that Jaleel Hurley set a uh, date, and I just had it pulled up, and then I got <laughs> I got fascinated by that little dot on my screen that wasn't on my screen. He's actually going to make his commitment on February 22nd. This is after another visit to Alabama. You got to feel like uh, Alabama's chances are pretty good. He was going to he was supposed to commit on January 22nd. He delayed that. Now he takes the visit to Alabama, and his and his commitment date is back on to February 22nd. You got to feel good, right? Oh, uh, I do. Uh, I would uh, project, as a matter of fact, I'm going to go into our little recruiting prediction machine that we use at On3 and predict that Hurley will be signing with Alabama. Uh, I feel uh, confident in that. Uh, he, he hasn't been shy about being an Alabama fan. He's been to campus several times. He reset his commitment date after a visit to Alabama. And, uh, you know, but I, I know he's an in-state guy, but I, I cannot get uh, – 
uh, more excited about Jaleel Hurley. He is one of my favorites in the whole class, uh, in state, out of state. Just, I, I'm a big fan. I, I'm, I think he's going to be a really good player at Alabama. I, I, a total legitimate five star to me. Um, yeah, I like him a lot. Uh, Elliot Washington's son. A lot of people remember Elliot Washington as the uh, player who buried that three pointer against Arkansas in the SEC tournament back in was that nineteen ninety one. One, two, spring of '91 was Elliot Washington's three-point shot to beat Arkansas. Yep. And you know what's weird? I was watching. I remember watching that game vividly at my parents' house with my parents, and like I kept thinking, God, I wish I was there. I wish I was there. And then we win that game. You know, they had Oliver Miller and um, boy, who else was on that team? They had uh, the Todd uh, Day, Todd Day, Mayberry, and, and Todd Mayberry. Or was it Todd Day? Lee Mayberry. Lee Mayberry and Todd Day. That's what it was. Um, all of them. But um, those two were badasses. And then I was so excited because I was like, okay, now we're going to go play Kentucky in Birmingham. And we're, it's going to be fired up. And Kentucky beat our brains in because we were so exhausted from that game. <laughs> it was a semifinal. People, I think, remember it as a final. Right. But right. right. It was Saturday semifinal and uh, – Good team, and his son is a very, very good football player. This is not someone we're recruiting as a nod to Alabama basketball teams of past. This is this is a good player, safety, uh, one of the top prospects in Florida, uh, has been to Alabama a few times. I think we're in really good shape with Elliott Washington. Uh, and, of course, tonight, as you people will be watching it, as the crow flies, whatever the hell that means. People always say, as the crow flies. I never really understood that. But I guess it's just drawing a, a straight line from point A to point B. Like, if a house is, like, a mile from another house, but, like, you could walk. Like, let's say there's a creek separating them and you could walk across a bridge to it. It'd be only 30 feet. I guess they could say, hey, you know, it's 30 feet as the crow flies, I guess. Is that what that means? I don't understand why we as people assume that crows know the fastest way to get somewhere. Why do we think crow that knows? The Are crows really way? smart? I, I I doubt that. I doubt they're that. Scared by, they're scared by things that are like stationary and that are, look like straw people. And I know I'm scared of them. Based on what they eat, I can't imagine they're too smart. But anyway, as the crow flies, and I'm not using that correctly and I don't care. Uh, Alabama and Auburn play tonight. Um, I'm not hugely optimistic Alabama's going to win this game. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I would love to give you my homer take and say, yeah, we got them. No, Auburn's really good, and um, it's going to be a tough game. All I'm really asking is that we continue the way we Saturday, which is – see, that's – what I hate about Saturday is everybody goes, well, see, if they play like that every game, nobody's going to play like that every game. We, but we know now what the ceiling is. Let's play closer to the ceiling than we've been playing to the floor. That's all I'm asking. You know, like Michael Jordan said, also a nonsensical take, the ceiling is the roof. I still don't know what that means, but I'm going to use it and hope that our team adopts that motto and puts it on a T-shirt and we go out and somehow miraculously defeat Auburn tonight. Well, the one thing, first of all, I think Alabama can beat anybody anywhere because we're that talented and that capable. So in that sense, uh, Alabama's got a puncher's chance. Uh, I hope they come out and just have fun and play with reckless abandon and just put up shots and just play like their coach to play and just play hard and have fun. This will be the only game all season. Uh, I, I wanted to say I don't care what the result is. That's not true. 
I'm not going to hold this against them uh, in any way for coming up short in this game. Auburn's the best team in the SEC. They may be the best team in the country. Uh, that environment is just impossible. And I'm not really joking when I say I, whoever the worst team in the NBA is this season, uh, they wouldn't beat they wouldn't beat Auburn Tuesday night in the in the way Auburn's going to play Alabama behind that crowd. Uh, there's no college basketball team that's going to beat Auburn Tuesday night. Uh, so, I, you know, if Alabama comes up short, that's fine. Uh, maybe we, we'll have a, a better chance against them in, in a neutral site. Who knows? Maybe we'll see them in the SEC tournament. But And play them in Tampa, in which there'll be 17 people there because what a terrible place for the SEC tournament to be. But, Jimmy, I want to say this, too, before we go, um, that, you know, the atmosphere in Coleman Coliseum was fantastic for Baylor. It was. It was awesome. But even though it was fantastic, it didn't look as good as the atmosphere does at Auburn because of the way the the two places are laid out. And I, I'm really on the side of blow Coleman up, put him a plaque there and say, here lies Coleman Coliseum. We had a lot of good times in here, but it was time for it to go. And let's do something new because this, this coach, this program deserves a, a better atmosphere um, all the time. And when you only seat 9,000 like Auburn does and you have them on top of the players, then it looks a lot better. It looks a lot cooler. When you have when you seat 15,000 and it's it, it goes back up like Bryant Denny used to back in the day, just like this, um, it, the atmosphere isn't as good. And then especially when you look and and God bless them, I think they tried a lot harder. But we have that 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 front row seating lined up for all the big donors and every one of them, no matter if we dunk it or if we shoot a half court shot, they have their legs crossed and their arms crossed. And, and then, then they golf clap. We need more interaction. There was one little kid in the donor section that kept jumping up every play. And I was like, we need more kids like that. And he was only like eight. I was like, this ought to be reserved for eight year olds. I think eight it's just, girls. <laughs> I think it's impressive as hell that that an eight-year-old is such a large donor. And I, I, I think, what a kick-ass little fella to, little to, be, to be running a, to be running a company and and giving stroking that check and uh, and to be eight. Man, I'm I'm at fifty-one. I'm such a loser. Oh, I'm yeah. I mean, it's far be it for me to criticize the people who pay the money to sit at the front row, and and my ass is like, we don't think those people, and and I could be wrong. I don't think those people can stand. There's probably a rule, <laughs> by the way. No, I don't think they're allowed to stand. Well, I thought you sit. meant physically. I thought you meant physically. They can't. <laughs> Maybe both. Maybe both. But okay. I'm fine. I'm fine with gathering all of our eight-year-old donors and sitting them on that row and seeing what happens. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys for watching and listening and be sure to like and subscribe and share and do all those things that we're not all that familiar with, but we would appreciate your support just like the old Bartles and James guys. So uh, until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.